Hey, hey, this is the Amy Williams Show, the motivational Christian podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I'm here to talk about all things life, God, love, and business. Whether you need inspiration and motivation in your personal life or a swift kick in the big girl pants for your business, you've come to the right place. As your podcast host and your podcast coach, I'm here to help you. No matter what you're going through in life, you are not alone. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and uh, today's episode, normally I'm all like, I'm so excited and honored to be introducing this guest and that guest, and we've had some amazing guests on our show, and I'm so thankful for each and every one that has been on, and um, today's episode is a little different, only because I would say um, excitement would not be how I would run into this subject, but I do have some excitement And I think my excitement would be that I can feel the change coming. So that's, that's all I'm going to say. So, uh, trying to put into words, all of my thoughts lately just seems so difficult. Like I am an extrovert. I am a talker. Y'all, we all know this because, you know, it's perfect that I have a podcast, right? So, (laughs) so when, when someone that's, you know, that, that type of personality and they go, I don't know what to say right now. I hope you can follow along in my thought process and it doesn't get too mumbled and jumbled and distracted, but that it comes clear and that you you hear my heart and you know where, where I'm coming from and that this may be an episode to, to bring light and to bring help and a hope and grace um, to everybody. So uh, here, I'm going to give it my go. So, so today's episode is titled The Power of Why. So uh, heads up, some of what I am going to say in this episode might embarrass me a little bit, but it's truth. Uh, some is going to maybe come as a shock. Uh, hopefully I don't offend anybody, but I feel like at some point um, someone probably will be. And I just hope that you don't put up that fence right away and that you, you go from start to finish on this one. Um, some of it might come as a surprise. I just really, really, really want to be transparent in my journey and basically invite, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you in to come sit on my couch in my living room and let's have this discussion. Um, learn with me and grow with me. And, uh, that's, that's what this episode is. So, um, that we're together, right? together uh with covid and with all the stay at home like i feel like there's just such there's such a yearning to be together and so um just picture sitting on my couch and and having a coffee with me that's what we're doing so whatever you're facing in life you are not alone is uh my podcast tagline and um it's it's been something i've um had in my you know thought process for so long of like I can't be the only one going through, you name it, X, Y, Z. Um, and, and so I just, I want you to know that you are not alone. Like there are other people out there that are going through these same struggles. So um, I know I'm, as I say that to you, I know that I have to also tell myself that, that I'm not alone in the space I'm in. So I just want to say 
that, you know, my heart is so broken and it is so heavy. And for so many reasons, um, not just for my husband or for my family, but for my friends, for our state, for my nation, for this world. It's just, it's so broken right now. And it's obviously broken. You know, it's been broken, but it's in your face broken right now. <laughs> and, and so it, it's tearing at my heart real heavy. So I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to get it all out there, put together. Uh, forgive me if some of it seems rambled or scattered or, you know, whatever, but hopefully if you have got this far, um, you'll make it all the way to the end and it'll all make sense. So, um, and it's, this is not the first conversation we're having and it for sure is not going to be the last one, whether it's, you know, on this podcast channel or if you're in my life and you know me in person, or if it's, you know, in the DMs and the PMs and the comments, like it's, it's just, it's not a conversation that's like, oh, I did it, check it off the list and move on to the next, right? It's not that type of thing. Before we get too far, really, 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 really want to encourage you to go back and listen to um, episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16. So I did a four-part series with Pastor Julian Newman, and it's titled Dear White People. And um, it's one conversation, but I broke it up into four parts. Hindsight, I would have kept it in one episode, but I thought in that moment that it would be easier to listen to if it was broken into chunks. So please make sure you listen from part one to part four all the way through. Pastor Julian Newman, amazing, awesome. He's actually been a guest twice, but that Dear White People, I think is... It's so good to, you know, if you don't know where to start, start there. All right. I know everybody's been wrestling with a lot of emotions and it's, it's obvious. I mean, just scrolling on any social media, there's emotions going crazy. And so I just want to start off by saying I've been praying. I've been praying for our entire nation and for our world for both sides. Uh, and I'm going to com- continue to pray uh, for unity, for inclusion, for understanding And I'm also praying for God to use me and open my heart and and whatever that leads to. Being married to a black man and having biracial children, which is not something that's been hidden from day one, right? So we have a lot of conversations that are private and as any marriage does. But um, so we've been we've been praying a lot together and we've been praying Um, for both sides. And that's, I think, uh, sometimes it can be hard to pray for the other side, especially if they're wrong. And it's hard, but I'm going to do it. I think everybody right now is just shouting at each other. So if you go back and listen to the Dear White People, or if you've already listened to it, and you're like, here I am. um, I did say something in one of those episodes. I don't remember which one off the top of my head. But I just said, everybody seems to be shouting at each other. And nobody's listening. And that's what we we talked about on, I don't remember which part, on that conversation. And now um, that shouting is, in that episode, it was more like the figurative. And this is like literal, right? Everyone is shouting at each other. And it's it's high time that you guys start asking yourself, why? Uh, Really, dig into it and just start, start with Google, do some research and learning. So I guess for me, I've considered myself as an ally um, for a long time, not knowing that that was a term until maybe last year, I think when I was like, oh, that's what that's called. (laughs) Um, And then understanding like 
what is an ally and what all does that mean? And not it's not just because I'm married to a black man, I'm automatically an ally. No, because honestly, there can still be a lot of prejudice and a lot of racism in your heart, even though you're married to a black man. Um, you know, so it's just like, oh, I love black people or I don't see color. And I just thought that was enough. And then there was the movie um, The Hate You Give. And we watched it as a church group on a Friday night. It was awesome. Our church is great. But she she said in that movie, if you don't see color, you don't see me. And I just kind of like got hit in the forehead. Like I never given it a thought. I always just was like, you know, I love black people. So cool. We're good. You know, guys, this is like, it's hard to talk about when I have to acknowledge my own ignorance. <laughs> Oh, I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress. And, you know, here we are. When I see all the images and the memes and all the things floating around and people getting mad at each other and it's like, okay, so we have to, we have to go back to, um, we're going to, we're starting to talk about Colin Kaepernick because he is a football player that kneeled in protest. We don't need to explain it. We all knew it. Okay. And there was serious debates going on when he was protesting because a lot of people thought it was disrespectful to our military and you know all these things and I just I I'm I'm not a I'm a people pleaser right so I am not like a really good debater I'm not like um very good at arguing unless I'm like firm and I know something and so um I had a really hard time debating any friends or family that um felt that way when I agreed with him for doing what he was doing and the articles that I read that he, you know, he spoke with someone in the military that said, Hey, um, instead of sitting, try kneeling, you know, so that way it's a a better, um, respective thing to do. And so I'm like, I know what his point is and I agreed, but then, you know, here we are and we're like, okay, so well, if you, you wanted a peaceful protest, but you know, here was your peaceful protest and you didn't like that either. And there's just a lot of finger pointing and a lot of arguing. And so when, so when those arguments or when those subjects came up in my friend circle or my family circle or in a, you know, social media post or whatever, I never stood up. I never debated. I never argued. I just kind of was like, mm, okay, whatever. I'll just go my own way. I mean, I was always taught to not talk politics and not talk, you know, finances. You don't talk to people about how much money they make. You don't talk about your religion. If you're at work, you know, those things, you don't talk about them, right? So if somebody was talking about something, I just was trained or taught to avoid it and just, just to keep going. So, um, when there were pro Trump people in my, circle, whether it's, you know, just, I'm not naming names, whether it's family, friends or associates or Facebook, whatever. And they would start talking in a supportive way. And I disagreed. Um, instead of arguing, I just would walk away. Um, for me, I wasn't educated enough. Um, when it comes to politics, uh, I'm way more educated now than I was mm, four or five years ago. But, um, it wasn't, it was the subjects, you know, the, the, the big points that people always want to talk about, but I'm like, there's so much more to, you know, your stance than just one thing. Um, and so I just, instead of arguing, I would just leave the room, go to a different place or keep scrolling. Right. 
um, it's easier to walk away or than to fight. So, you know, you're just kind of taught, like, I can't possibly change your mind in one conversation. And honestly, if I'm going to argue with you, it's probably not going to help. So now you know a little bit more about me and I'm, I'm learning that, um, I need to debate a little bit better and I need to argue a little bit better. But in that, I think it also means that I need to educate a little bit better for myself. So whether that's with politics or with whatever subject it is, right? Um, Now, I know that there's, I have friends that are like, oh man, they're so good at debating. My husband is great. Um, You know, he's, he can debate with anybody, but um, you know, so it's, it's, it's part of my personality, but it's also part of something that I can see as like, okay, this is, this is not something that I can ignore or walk away from. And for that, I've, I am apologizing because I shouldn't have. Um, but I also want to give you a little bit of background. So my brother, I have three older brothers. Um, one of them, the one in the middle has cerebral palsy. His name is David and um, he's been in a wheelchair the majority of his life. As soon as we could get him in one, he's been in one. Um, he is not mentally impaired. He is just physically impaired. And um, so I guess I I know what it's like to go out to dinner as a family and be stared at for just the sheer fact of you look different. Bear with me. Keep, 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 keep on, right? Bear with me here. Just giving some context here. I know what my parents did to make a difference, um, to give access for him, whether it was, you know, his education or um, ramps in the garage so he could get out of the car and have the special, you know, lift in the van and um, the, all the different wheelchairs and just, you know, amenities to the house. You have to change the way the deck is because he has to be able to get from outside to, to inside and you can't do steps, right? Knocking out doorways to make them wider and just like, to me, those things were so normal because he's in our house and he has to have access to the bathroom or to, you know, whatever things, right? So steps, you know, you can't do steps if you're in a wheelchair. Um, some people that are in a wheelchair or wheelchair bound, they can get out and do steps. But as the wheelchair itself, normally, wheelchairs cannot go up steps, right? So we know this. You, you don't question it. You don't argue it. As a world, we have come leaps and bounds in the area of handicapped access. So we have elevators, we have automatic doors, we have handicapped parking spaces, and we've all agreed that we don't use the word retarded anymore. Um, If you're using that word, please stop. But it's offensive and it doesn't belong um, as a descriptive word. We, We agree on that, right? And we have all said, okay, now we use disabled or handicapped or, you know, I'm sure there's probably an even more up to date, more acceptable word, but there are, there's organizations in place. There's special Olympics, there's awards, and there's just so much more acceptance. And I I guess for me, I have yet to meet someone who disagrees and says, we don't need elevators, or maybe they don't need access. They don't need to get upstairs. They can park in the back of the parking lot. Now, by no means am I comparing the black community as a disabled community. That's not, I'm just giving context and I'm talking about a different form of inclusion, discrimination, and opportunities. The fact that there has been uh, better and further advancements towards inclusion for 
uh, the disabled community versus the black community should speak enough. So, um, you know, there's still people saying they don't need access. So how sick would you, to your stomach would you be um, if there was an organized group that was claiming to be anti-disabled or anti-handicapped or anti-wheelchair? Uh, you know, their sole purpose and every fiber of their being was to fight against men and women that were in wheelchairs. Think about it. Okay? Like, you would be appalled at the thought that someone would be against that. Think about that. And now think, hmm, there is an organized group called the KKK for black people. And they are legit, literally anti-black. Every fiber in their being is against black people. You can't say they are not around. Okay. You, if you don't think that the KKK still exists, you're seriously under a rock, but we'll get to that. So they, you know, they want to kill, arrest, and they hate black people for being black. Would you be in an uproar against a group that's formed against wheelchair-bound individuals? Would you be in a group that's formed against women's rights? Like, that is their sole purpose? You know, I, I know that some people argue that or they disagree or, you know, yes, okay. But is there a, a KKK for anti-wheelchairs? No. So, so why is this normal or acceptable for the KKK? And then, oh, I struggle with putting my political view out there, but it just, it's going to happen. I can't help it, guys. So here it is. You know, you have a president that, that then says, oh, those are good people. Good people. Huh? It's horrendous and it's wrong. And I'm frustrated. I want to get back to that, that original question of the power of why. Okay. So I've seen a lot of my white friends and family and I keep saying friends and family, like they're really, it's just general, right? My family's pretty freaking awesome. But anyway, I see a lot of people that are white that are saying, um, white privilege isn't, doesn't exist. I don't have white privilege. I just, you know, and, and they want to defend the fact that there is no white privilege. I want to ask you, why? Why do you feel like you need to defend your white privilege or the existence of it? And then I want you to ask, why is there systemic racism? Why is it more maddening to you to see a Target or AutoZone looted and burned than for a life to be taken? Now, I, I also want to add that it's okay to be upset with both, right? Um, somebody posted a meme or a quote, and it was just, it was so spot on. It was, um, okay, bear with me. I'm going to look it up here. Okay, so um, I, I don't remember who, where, it, y'all, it's been a chaos, right? Okay, um, so whoever posted this, thank you for posting it, but here it goes. Here's an example of how white privilege sounds. You keep saying it's horrible that an innocent black man was killed, but destroying property has to stop. Try saying it's horrible that property is being destroyed, but killing innocent black men has to stop. You're prioritizing the wrong part. 
I loved that because I was like, ah, right. So it's, it's totally, you can be in this space where you're like, you know, it's absolutely wrong and horrific what happened to George Floyd and that, that murder that took place is, is wrong. He needs to be held accountable for what he did. And so did the others, right? You can also be in a space of, I don't agree with looting and ruining businesses, right? And and you can also say, I understand that, uh, you know, insurance and all these things, it's going to, you know, the, the, the items will be fine. The building can be rebuilt. The man's life cannot, right? But you can, right? So it's, it's the, it's not that you're, you can't be upset about looting or you can't be upset about burning buildings. You, you can, um, but which one makes you more upset? That's, that's the issue. So what, what I saw, and I can't speak for anybody else. I can just speak on what I saw. I was disgusted at the video that I watched and then I shared it and I said, this needs to stop. And I think I caught it or saw it prior to a lot of my personal close friends and, um, you know, but they saw it. I know they saw it because then all of a sudden it was, you know, really gaining the traction. A lot of people were sharing, a lot of people were seeing it. And then, um, I wasn't seeing a lot of my friends posting it. Okay. So if you're my friend and you're listening to this, like this is not an attack on anybody specifically. It's just a general. So it was, you know, a few of you did, a few of you didn't. And it was just like, you know, some of you are still posting pictures of your kids and your things and you, you know, whatever. Um, I like got stuck. I can like, I don't know what to say and where to go or what's happening. Like I mentally, like I had blockage. Right. Um, and I think so many other people that saw it did too. Um, and then the, the protest happened and then the rioting and the looting started happening. And then the people that didn't say a thing, and I'll say, say, I mean, post that you didn't post anything on your social media about any of the cops actions. And then you posted about that. That hurt because it was, that's, that's what, that's what got your attention. Not, not the black man being murdered. It was the, the looting and the rioting got your attention, which I'm thankful it finally got your attention, but why did it take that? Okay. Why? Think about it. Why did that make you more upset? Okay. That's why I'm saying the power of why just thinking about it, like really why? It's okay. I'm not saying you can't be upset about that. I'm just saying why? And are you more upset about that or are you more upset about the murder? Okay. So I also really find that the fact that I have to ask you why you're more upset about a building burning or people stealing and looting, why you're more upset about that than a murder. I think that's insanity that I have to even explain it, but here we are. We're doing it anyway. All right. So ask yourself. Search that. Take out the race. Someone was murdered and you're more upset about a building. Okay. So if it doesn't make you upset because it's black, then we have a bigger issue. Because because he's black, then we have a bigger issue. 
The other thing, the other thing that I've been seeing a lot of, so I, I've seen a lot of that, like, oh, if you're more upset about that than that, then you're racist. Okay. If you're this and this and this, then you're racist. Then you're racist. So I've seen a lot of stuff being thrown out. And what I want to do is I just want to take a moment, um, to really break it down or hmm, dumb it down or maybe white it down. Um, so a few things that, that are thrown out a whole bit that, that I'm seeing before, before I do Consider really doing some of this Googling and research on your own and start answering your why questions behind the scenes, like in that dark, quiet place, whether it's part of your devotions or if it's, you know, just figure it out yourself. And and then if you still have questions, then reach out. But I, I really encourage you to find your own answers. Um, Google is in your pocket, guys. I know it is because you got your phone 24 seven. Google's in your pocket. YouTube university is always there for you. You can find it. Okay. You can find, uh, so many awesome, amazing people to follow on social media that are doing the work that have done the work that have given you lists and things that you can do. So you don't have an excuse right now to say you don't know. Okay. That's where I'm at. So find out some answers for yourself before burdening or asking your black or brown friends and family. Uh, what they need right now is a simple, I'm here for you. Um, I stand with you. I love you. How are you? That, that's all they need right now. And if you haven't done that yet, because you're like, I don't want to say something wrong. Just, just say, how are you? They know what you mean. Okay. What they don't need is Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm here. Teach me. No, they are burdened enough. You can ask if they're willing or if they want to, if you're comfortable and you have the type of relationship, but it's their choice and it's your responsibility to learn, learn. There's so many ugly things in our past and there's too much dirt and grossness that's been swept under the rug and it's time to do a deep clean. Okay. So learn the ugliness and that way we can move forward. It's not on them to teach you. I promise. We're going to do the, um, the first breakdown. So the, the first word I, I've been seeing a lot is privilege. So we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but it seems to be a word that's just thrown out so quickly and I want to tear it down a little bit. So the definition of privilege, guys, this doesn't take long to Google. You can do it but I did it for you. So the definition, I guess Wikipedia, um, a special right advantage or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. Uh, and then there's a quote underneath it says education is a right, not a privilege. So there are multiple different types of privileges. There's, you know, the educational privilege, there's male privilege, there's straight privilege or gender privilege. There's socioeconomic privilege, water privilege, able-bodied privilege, family structure privilege. Okay. There's all sorts of time. Okay. So, so start thinking there's different kinds of privileges. Okay. So I would say that a white male has more privilege than I do as a white female. Does that make sense? So we starting to get, starting to go, Oh, now I've seen a lot of people that are white, that are arguing that they don't have white privilege because, blah, 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 fill in the blank, 
Uh, but what I'm seeing is that they're comparing white privilege to economic privilege. So by saying, oh, I don't have a nice house or fancy cars, uh, I don't have that job, or, you know, my life has been hard income wise, I've been arrested or I've spent time in jail. So being white didn't help me. Um, or the opposite would be, I have plenty of black friends that worked their butts off and they, you know, have so much money in houses and cars and whatever, whatever, whatever. And so it didn't, the white privilege didn't affect them because they're black and they made it. Whatever uh, your reasoning behind it. But you're failing to see that even in those statements, you're using the stereotype of white or stereotype of black to defend something that is there. So if someone says you have white privilege, it's simply like, like dumb it down. They're saying you're white. So if you are arguing that you don't have white privilege, you are arguing that you are not white. Does that make sense? So if you want to argue it, just know that, that when I read that, I'm going to say, oh, so you're not white. What ethnicity are you then? Because if you are white, you have white privilege. Okay. Whew. All right, we're getting into it. I'm going to choose something else part. And the phrase, systemic racism. All right, so there's so much to this. And I've seen so many posts. People saying, we need to acknowledge the systemic racism. I'm like, yes, we do. Whoa, let's do it. And then I'm like, they don't even know like what that really is. So I want you to go back to the why. Why is there a systemic problem? Why? What is systemic? What does that really mean? And why don't you know this already? There's, you're going to have some light bulbs going off and I'm excited for that. I told you I was going to be excited. All right. So we're going to separate the words systemic and racism. So defining systemic, relating to a system. Uh, I think this is Wikipedia again. Okay. So it says one, relating to a system, especially as opposed to a particular part. So the disease is localized rather than systemic. So systemic means the whole thing. So prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that's one that one owns race is superior. So when you add the word systemic to the word racism, so now you have at systemic racism, that's where it starts to become important. So you have, it's more than just, oh, this one bad cop. You know, why are we doing all of this for one bad cop? Of course, there's a bad apple. If there's a bad apple, let's get rid of that. Okay, well, where does the bad apple come from? It comes from the apple tree that has a bad root system. The system is wrong. The system is set up wrong. So when, when it keeps happening and you keep getting a bad apple, oh, that's just a bad apple. Oh, it's just a bad... Cut the tree down. Get rid of it. The tree needs to go and you need to plant a new one. Okay, that way you can get good apples. And if you want to talk about gardening and you want to talk about biblical foundations when you talk about reaping what you sow, we can get into it. Back to the point. When individuals and groups point out systemic injustices and iniquities, 
the dominant culture is made accountable. So here we are. So there's institutional racism. So that's derives from individuals carrying out uh, the dictates of others. And then the structural racism, which is rooted, the inequalities are rooted in the system-wide operation of a society that excludes substantial numbers of members or particular groups from significant participation in major social institutions. So when we're talking about uh, systemic and racism, and we're separating those words to realize, you know, it's the whole system and what's racism and all these things. And then you put them together. It's like, there's so many parts and pieces to it. So I want you to really just study and learn it and go, oh, okay. Because if we're just going to shout these things out, like people need to understand what those things are. Um, so not only do we have a totally messed up system and I'm talking um, not just the police force. I'm talking about our government. I'm talking about the, the way politics are done. I'm talking about, um, you know, financial and, you know, mortgages and lending. And I'm talking about that stuff. Okay. I'm also talking about, um, music. I'm talking about, um, school and education and not like, oh, Black people can get, go to this school if they want to. There's school choice. Like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. When I talk education, I'm talking about what are we teaching our kids? I can tell you firsthand that MLK Day this year for our kids being in school um, was, as a family, one of our worst days. Um, lots of tears. Um, I loved my daughter's teacher, but the way that that was handled um, was no fault of his own, but it was horrible. Okay, it, there was just there's so much confusion and so many questions unanswered. The way it's taught, the way our history is taught to us is whited down. It's it's made so that we can feel good about ourselves and we don't want to talk about the ugly stuff. And we just OK, well, if we if we talk, yeah, well, we have to talk about slavery because it's there, but we're not going to really, really talk about slavery. We're, we'll talk about segregation and we'll talk about, oh, yeah, but then. These, these great few people, you know, they came along and now everything's fine and we're good and everybody loves each other. Okay, like it's so uh, simplified. And so we really miss out on some really key things that have happened. All right, next I, I really, really want to talk about this. And it's a big thing that a lot of people are missing and they're just not understanding. And I can see just all the confusion. And... um. We need, we need to dig into it a little bit more. So, you, you know, you're hiding behind a meme that, you know, has racism, maybe undertones, and then say, oh, I'm not racist. I just thought that was funny. Or um, maybe, maybe the opposite's happening to you where you've shared something that you agree with. Like, originally you agreed, like, yeah, you know, the looting and the rioting, maybe that's not the right way to go about it. And then all of a sudden someone's attacking you and saying, well, that's racist. Um, and you had no idea that by posting or sharing that, that that process, that thought process of somebody else would see it that way. And then you're like, wait, wait, wait a second. I'm racist now because I posted that. Um, I love black people. My friends are black. You know, my uncle, my cousin, my nephew, my niece, whoever, you know, they're black. So I'm not racist. Right. That's my white dude voice. <laughs> uh, someone's got to giggle at some point. Right. So you posted that and you're like, why are they calling me racist? What, how is that racist? And you're like, 
what in the world just happened? I'm so confused, right? I know lots of people that have had that happen to them this week and they're like, wait a second. And so I just, I want you to be aware um, that now in this shift of you going, how could that be racist? Why is that racist? And you're asking yourself, that can't be racist. I am not racist. Okay. There's, there's some things you need to understand. Sometimes you, you might not say something that's racist or you might not have that thought that's like, oh, that's definitely racist. Um, but maybe it's discriminatory. Maybe it's prejudice. Maybe it's your bias. Maybe it's just, you know, it's, um, it all kind of is under that same umbrella, but I feel like if everybody keeps using the word racist, it's, it loses its power and it's offensive. And so if you just come out and say, that's racist, that, that other person's guard goes up so fast and and then immediately on the defense and they're not going to be ready to learn or get educated. They're just going to get mad. Like, how dare they call me racist? Ah!" Right? So instead of going and shouting, that's racist, that's racist, that's racist, which I've seen so much of. It's like, can we come to a spot where we can say, you know, and obviously it depends if you're that stranger that's commenting or if um, that's your family or that's your friend. And if that's the case, maybe get out of the comment section and get into the private message or the phone call area and say, hey, this is how your post made me feel. Like, let's get that humanness, that interaction back as much as we can with Corona um, and just have that conversation. And, and instead of attacking, because in anything, like my husband and I have an argument and he's attacking me about something with the dishes, like I'm immediately on the defense, right? And then you're not going to have a, a good conversation because someone's on the defense and someone's on the offense. But if you're going to come sit at the table and talk, that's a different conversation. So let's, let's give some grace to each other and say, hey. I really didn't like that post and it really offended me. And maybe they'll go, I had no idea. Why would that offend you? I just, uh, this is how I feel. I I don't like the looting or I don't like, you know, whatever. And then now you can explain it. Now you have that opportunity. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are like, I'm so tired of explaining. I get it. And that's why I'm I'm saying also, um, depending on who's listening, do some education and hand out grace. There's a few different things that need to be happening on both sides, right? The difference with, with prejudice in the, in the, um, and racism, prejudice is a dislike or it's unjust behavior and it's deriving from unfounded opinions. So um, accusations of racial prejudice. So there's a little bit of a difference. You know, it's still in that category, right? Um, but it is different. So that's kind of one of those things like you're taught, right? You're taught um, as white people, if you're driving through the hood to lock your car, or um, that would be a prejudice, like that you're doing that. Um, or, you know, you maybe you see 
you're in the bank and you're making a deposit, you see a black man walk in and you all of a sudden get worried or nervous. Okay, that's unfounded opinions. That's prejudice. Okay, so there's some some examples for you if you're like, I don't get the difference. Well, but also do the work. Why? Why do you have these opinions? Where did they come from? Did your parents say this or teach you? And it's just there. So you never questioned it. Like that's where I'm at. Like I never questioned some things and it just, it is what it is. So I started questioning, well, why did we start a police force? Where did, when did the, when did we start having a police and why? Look it up. Um, you know, why, why do we have private schools? And when did those pop up? Um, I went to Christian schools. My parents went to Christian schools. My grandparents went to Christian schools. So it was like a very strong, like, you need to put your kids in Christian schools. Um, and it wasn't because of race. It was the the curtain of, you know, you want Jesus to be in every part of your education. But when you start looking up, when the Christian schools and private schools started to form, and you also see that's the exact same time that the, you know, Jim Crow laws came and the desegregation, and it was a way of white people to say, well, if it's private and I'm paying for it, you can't afford it. And so my kids don't have to go to school with your kids. Mind blown, mind blown. Some of you are like, well, yeah, I do that. Good for you. I didn't. That was new information. I'm not like the master educator in this space. And I feel like by like looking up Google definitions of things, um, it seems really like basic for some of you that might be listening. And some of you are like, I don't get it. That's okay. Um, this is not... Um, this is not a conversation that you just have one time. It's not a flip a switch and all of a sudden you're anti-racist. Nope. There's a lot of work to be done and a lot of learning and a lot of work and self-reflection to be done. Um, and you're going to see that a lot of times you're going to hear people say, there's a, do your work, do your learning you go do this and do, you know, work on yourself and self-care. And you're going to hear that a lot. And it's truth. One last thing I want to get into, because this is getting way longer than I had planned. There's one big difference here. And uh, I really think people need to understand um, the implications and pain that stem from each. And that's uh, overt versus covert racism. So you're like, huh? Covert racism um, is where it's disguised and subtle rather than... Uh, overt racism, which is like using the N-word, or it's very obvious, okay? Um, covert, which would be racially biased decisions, are often hidden or rationalized with an explanation that's more willing, that the society is more willing to accept. So these racial biases cause like a super amount of problems um, because here, here's what happens is... It's so subliminal and it's so uh, like, I don't know if I missed that promotion 
because I'm black, because my qualifications say I should have got that over that guy, but that guy's white and I'm black, so I didn't get it. And you have to like sit here and think about it and wonder. Um, if, if you're not black and you're like, well, I would never know what that feels like. If you are a woman, which I think the last time I checked, 99% of my audience is women. Hey. Um, so if you're a woman listening to this and you didn't get that job promotion, but your coworker who's a male did, and you we're given the, oh, you didn't have the qualifications or this or that. And really you're like, but I do. And I'd be a perfect fit for that job. You have to sit and wonder, is it because I'm a woman? Because they can't sit here and say it's because you're a woman, but you have to think it. Same concept, but a little different. Okay. So we have this, that's, that's the covert. That's the the disguise and the subtle and the, I think they gave me really crappy service at that restaurant because I'm black or because I'm with a black man. Um, or they're giving me dirty looks because I'm black. Like, I can't even explain to you, like as a white person, sometimes I go out of my way to smile and say hi to black people while I'm at the grocery store or at a restaurant because I just want to make sure like they know that I'm not giving them a dirty look for being black. Does that make sense? Because <laughs> like, this is a lot and I, I have so much more to say. But instead of reading a whole bunch of stuff because I did mention it and I didn't get into it when we were talking about the different types of privilege and I nonchalantly mentioned something about lending and mortgages. Um, I'm not going to go way deep into that. I want you to Google that yourself and just understand that because it's going to give so much more, like so much more context to the way the world is set up right now. Um, and it makes it make way more sense. But if you've never questioned yourself or questioned why your neighborhood is all white, um, now is the time to do that, okay? Because you're going to learn some things and it's it might be kind of gross. It might be kind of embarrassing that you didn't know it and that's okay. Um, I didn't know everything either, but um, it's a good place to start. So just understanding like, yeah, now we have... Uh, Fair Housing Act. And now we have, you know, you can't discriminate and people still freaking do. Okay. But there's laws against it. So they, they find that, that covert way of discriminating so that they can't be sued. Right. So there's still, it's still happening, but now it's like, it's, it's quiet. It's no, it's because you have a pit bull. So if we, if we say that you can't have these type of dogs, um, and these are the type of dogs stereotypically that black people have, then that's going to eliminate most of the black community by coming here. Okay. Think, think about it. Why? Uh, why? Power of why? Power of why? Well, if black, if black people wanted to move to my neighborhood, they could. Mm-hmm. Why haven't they? I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to go ahead and because we're right here and we're at it. 
one of the things I learned last year, and I'll be, I'll be like, guys, I don't really want to talk about my age, but I'm almost 35. Um, so last year, and I've been married for almost eight years, but I, weird to like throw this in there, but um, my first boyfriend, um, I was 19 or 18 and he was black and I have always dated black men. So um, I, it's not like I shouldn't have known. I should have, right? This, that's why I said some of this is going to be embarrassing. But yes, when we saw that movie, The Hate You Give at our church, um, Pastor Julian said something about our town that we live in. And he said it was, it used to be called a sundown town. I was like, a sundown town? What is that? I had no idea. I had no idea until last year. I've never heard that. I never knew about it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So much more sense. So there's, you know, where we live, but there's a lot of other places that were known as a sundown town, which means if you were black and the sun was down, you were not there. So if you start learning that stuff, you start going, oh, okay, that makes more sense. I think it's time to close this bad boy down. All right. I just want to say if you've made it this far, like I so appreciate you listening to my my nonsense, my scramble. <laughs> um, I just, guys, I see so much pain. A pain that was there from Corona and, and the loss of so many things when you talk about business or uh, schooling or... Now those things, right? Birthday party, whatever, all the things. Um, so there was already, you know, a nation and a world in pain. Um, and and now it's like amplified. And it's it's not that um, racism is new because it's <laughs> by far not new, uh, but it just it, it amplifies the pain. When you know that this this virus has a higher mortality rate on the African American community, and so you're already worried about that, and then you see back to back between Am- Ahmaud Arbery and then Breonna Taylor and then George Floyd on on top of it all, it's just so much pain. And all I see is everyone shouting at each other. I am seeing relationships being ruined, friends feeling betrayed. And I just, I see so many of you posting, if you don't agree, unfollow or unfriend me. And I I understand, I get like, I get the pay, the frustration. Okay. I like, okay. Some, some of you might have that, that right to say that. And some of you don't. But where's the kindness? Where where is your willingness to learn or to unlearn? You know, I'm I'm I am far from perfect, and I've said that multiple times. I'm continually learning new things. This past weekend, I just learned about school and Christian Ed because I watched Elevation Church's sermon, um, and they talked about that, and I was like, well, aha! Uh-huh. I had no idea. I just can't imagine. I'm already, you know, if you, you if you want to say there's a racism book, I'm in, you know, maybe chapter two, maybe out of 25 chapters, 50 chapters, right? Um, and I just can't imagine like somebody that's not into chapter two where they're starting at in this moment. But seriously, 
when we talk about systemic racism, we talk about whitewashing history and making it consumable and child-friendly, and we've just, we've just done such a complete disservice to all, to everybody. And, you know, there, there are white people who are adults that know nothing about the truth behind Black Panthers or their movement. There, there are white people that know nothing about Jim Crow laws or civil rights movements. They legit know nothing. And I know some of these people personally that would say, I don't know what that is. You know, it's, it's watered down. It's filtered. It's a PG version because that's what we've been taught. That's the system that's taught us. We celebrate Black History Month in the shortest month of the year. And we continually learn and talk about three people. MLK, Malcolm X, and Rosa Parks. And some people even have a problem that there's black history. So we want to talk about the truth about Black Panthers. Or what about Juneteenth? If you don't know about Juneteenth, look it up. Or or what about why Christian schools and private schools started? And don't just take my word for it. And, And look at when they started. But what about the music industry and the theft of black musicians? And what about, you know, all the amazing black inventors and inventions that came from black people? What about the black women who were slaves being used for medical experiments? That one, my friends, is a very hard one to learn, but it's important. And what about Black Wall Street? I had a friend from high school that posted like, hey, I never knew about Black Wall Street until today. She's also 35. Now I'm telling you, we were not taught this. We didn't know this. What about all the things that have been swept under the rug and hidden or tried to be hidden to bring us where we are today? So I'm telling you guys, friends, it's, it's been done on purpose. I just want to say, like, really, don't use the ignorant statement of it's not my fault I didn't own slaves. It's, it's disgusting. It is your responsibility to learn. It's 100% our responsibility. And I say our as white people. It's our responsibility to make this better. We need to make changes in the entire system. From political policies, laws, education, history, policing, all of it. The work needs to be done. It is not something that's going to get done overnight. By any means. We all know that. It's going to take a lot of voting, a lot of voices. And it's a long road. Okay? and But it, it requires everybody. It requires us all to be together. A whole, like, like a whole bucket full of patience and understanding and compassion and love and acceptance and healing and grace. Okay, multiple buckets of grace because people are learning new things and they're being shocked and right, okay? So buckets of grace. I have a little a little thing that I prepared. And this is really really going to close it out, okay? Um to my white friends and to my white family. If this is a new area of learning for you, I want you to brace yourself for some really ugly, disgusting parts of our history. I want you to lean into learning on your own, having the discussions with your right, with your white friends to see what they know, what things they've learned, and what they're doing to support and help. 
don't stop when things hurt your feelings or when you may feel shame. Keep going. Don't try to argue and yell at everyone who thinks differently than you because it gets us nowhere. Understand that that person's heart. Understand their heart. If they've been a good friend or family for a long time, be willing to sit and have a conversation. Not through text. At least a minimum a phone call. Okay? In person if you can. But at least over the phone. Tone is so very important to understand in these conversations. Don't be quick to write people off. It's not, it's not about like, you know, that's not going to change. Like, well, if you don't agree with me, bye. Well, then they're just, they're never going to learn from you. They're never going to, they're never going to get it if they don't, if you don't let them come in. Right. All right. Then talk to your black and brown friends, your black and brown family, coworkers, but ask them first. If they're okay to talk to you about it, you know, don't burden them with having to educate you when we all know Google, YouTube, and all those things are in your pocket. Okay. I encourage you, um, to diversify your social media followings. There's tons of people that you can follow that are amazing. Um, when you're looking at your next, uh, Netflix binge, try, um, a new something you haven't watched before. Tons of amazing black actors and actresses that are on Netflix that you can watch your movie. There's documentaries too. If you're into documentaries, there's comedies, there's all kinds. Broaden your horizon a little bit. Um, and your movies, there's great actors, you know, that aren't maybe such a big name as Denzel or Will Smith, you know, but there's great movies, your books. Uh, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, about racism or about like yeah there was those are good too but what about your authors like who's writing your books who's who are you supporting when you buy your book in your children's books what are they saying what books are they reading you know are there black or brown characters or is it all white characters what about their toys their barbies or their dolls are they brown and white and indian and all all the things or do they strictly have white dolls and white Barbies? Time to think about your surroundings. I'm telling you, if you if your kids see so many of these other colors and beauties and 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 celebrate those differences, the better they are going to be. To my black and brown friends, I am sorry. I'm sorry that it's taken this long and this much shouting to get the attention of many. I'm so sorry for the pain, for the frustration, and for the burden that you bear. I'm here, I'm listening, and I'm asking one more thing of you, which I feel is almost wrong in even asking because I know your burden is already so heavy. But I'm asking that you realize a lot of white people are going to be shocked. And they're going to deal with shame and stress and disappointment and disgust and things that you've lived with, that you've known and you've learned and whether your parents taught you or just you knew it, right? That conversation that you have about how to act around police, that conversation never happened for me. So... This is, this is going to be something that may be second nature to you is going to be brand new. 
imagine yourself, put yourself in their shoe. And I'm not, please hear me. I am not trying to, you know what I'm saying. Okay. And just understand if you got hit with all of that information at once, what your world would transition into. Okay. Um, so I'm just asking you for grace in this space. And if you see someone trying, um, I'm not asking you to praise them for trying, but, um, just acknowledge that they're trying. Cause I feel like there's so much like, oh, you know, blackout Tuesday, but you ain't doing it right. Or, you know, oh, you're doing this, but nope, you're doing that wrong. Like, let's extend some grace. That's all I'm asking. Just grace. To my biracial, my multiracial friends, I'm sorry that you see your identities in both sides of this fight and that you see your family divided, your friends divided, your world shaken. Um, my heart breaks for you. And to my transracially adopted friends, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were put in a different bubble and that some things make sense and other things don't, and that your experiences may differ um, from maybe the, the normal of like the biologically all black family than yours to all of the parents of black and brown children or tan. My kids think they're tan. Uh, <laughs> they're five and seven. Um, so color is very literal. I'm not even white. I'm peach. <laughs> uh, I have to giggle at this moment because tears are forming. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have to have really hard conversations with your children and watch their innocence leave. That you have to teach them the ugly parts of the world at such a young age in order to save them. I'm sorry that you have to live in a state of fear or worry or anxiety that your child may become the next hashtag and that the same rules that apply to the white boy playing with a toy gun don't apply to your son. And I'm sorry that your daughter might come home and think that her skin isn't beautiful or her hair isn't straight like her friends. I hear you. At what point are we all going to agree that everyone deserves an elevator? Everyone deserves access. Thank you so much for listening to The Amy Williams Show. I'd love for you to join The Amy Williams Show on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok using the handle at The Amy Williams Show and on Twitter at The AW Show. If you want to learn how to start your own podcast, the multiple ways to monetize it, leverage it, and maximize your influence, then join the private Facebook group at the International Podcast Coaching Network. Can't wait for you to join and get connected with like-minded women using their zone of genius to speak to the world. Before you go, the biggest compliment you can give to The Amy Williams Show is leaving a review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or on the Stitcher app for Android. It means so much to me, and I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a blessed day.